Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Why it matters. Money FM 89.3. It is the evening runway. I'm Elliot Danker. Time now for Why It Matters. We're talking about consumer segmentation and targeting. These are essential for any business that wants to optimize its marketing and sales strategies. Now, by dividing your customers into groups based on their, you know, things like characteristics, needs, preferences, behaviors, you can tailor your messages, your offers, and your channels essentially to suit each different segment. This way, you can increase customer satisfaction. Satisfaction, loyalty, retention, and most importantly, boost your revenue and profitability. But how can you use CRM to segment and target your customers effectively? Well, our next guest did just that, and it has helped health metrics optimize their sales and marketing efforts to target the right customer. And we'll find out more about it right now from Terry Chan, who is Group VP of Growth for Health Metrics. Uh, Terry, good afternoon. How are you? Hi, good afternoon. I'm doing great. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, thanks a lot for having a conversation with me. Let's uh, first talk about Health Metrics. It's an award-winning next-generation employee healthcare platform for companies to manage their employee healthcare benefits. So tell us a little bit about the company's business model. Sure. So we have a platform where we help companies not only manage, but we also help them to measure and also improve their employee healthcare. And we also help them by introducing different type of healthcare programs. For example, insured programs, which a lot of companies are aware of, self-funded programs, and also hybrid programs. Aside from that, we also work with insurers to manage their policyholders' healthcare plans from claims to even arranging overseas cashless treatments as well. All right. Let's talk about the demand for employee healthcare management. How have you seen this evolve and increase over the years? Yeah, when it comes to employee healthcare, I think especially during the pandemic, things have changed quite a bit where companies typically, you know, they may provide uh, more basic healthcare needs. But uh, during the pandemic itself, we saw that not only they needed to to provide basic healthcare needs, they also needed to provide a centralized system in order to help employees seek healthcare remotely. Mm. Aside from that as well, we also understand that companies require uh, more data in order to understand their employees' healthcare needs as well. So typically, uh, you know, companies uh, haven't been actually collecting this data or they haven't been able to, but through our platform, they're able to also see uh, how employees are seeking healthcare treatment, do they require any needs or any requirements for wellness programs, Aside from that as well, we also noticed that uh, we're able to also uh, predict certain outbreaks. For example, during COVID-19, we're able to also look at claims uh, at the department level and we're able to also advise clients that perhaps there might be a outbreak here and you might want to come up with certain solutions. Right, like even flu season as well, you tend to advise people to take more vitamin C, that sort of thing, right? That's correct. But that's just the acute illnesses. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. I I find it quite interesting as you were describing all of that and, and the need for data. It definitely can show patterns. You talked about the increase in wellness program. How much does this cover aspects of mental health then? Is this something that's on the rise? Mental health is definitely something that is becoming trendy these days. Uh, when I say trendy, you know, what I mean is that companies are more aware, aware that, yeah. you know, especially during the pandemic, yeah. you know, employees do need more help when it comes to you know, adapting to remote working. But aside from mental health, uh, we also look at physical health as well. Okay. Uh, for example, if you look at the physical 
health of employees that are working in, let's say, a factory environment. A lot of times when we talk about wellness, companies think about, okay, should I come up with you know, mental health program or should I come up with a weight loss program? Mm. These are very typical healthcare or wellness programs. But uh, when we look into data of one of our customers, uh, what they do have is not you know, chronic illnesses, but what they do have is a lot of pain medication claims. Okay. And when we investigated further, what we noticed is that it's because they have a lot of employees on their feet all day. Ah. And instead of spending the budget on right. something that uh, not employees don't need, they, we actually brought in a mobile, mobile chiropractor for them. Wow. Uh, and the you know, employees love it. I, I could use one of those right now. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> Terry. I, I, I like I like the way you know your company pretty much owes success in the market, uh, and, and it's been driven by this whole data first approach. Although I do wonder what challenges came with that as well. Yeah, especially when we talk about medical data, yeah. uh, companies are, or even you know employees, they are concerned about their own personal data. As such, we do have very stringent uh, data security policies in place. And we also work with insurers which, who are very, very sensitive about that. We are ISO 27001 certified for information security management systems. So from that perspective, we are pretty much covered. But, you know, we do our part in terms of helping customers understand or be aware of uh, PDPA policies yeah. that we have put in place so that, you know, they don't have to worry about such you know, concerns essentially. Yeah, and you know, there was a 500% increase in revenue after the implementation of a CRM platform that, of course, vital to the company's successful $5 million US dollar Series A round. Uh, this was back in 2020. Uh, tell us a bit about this CRM. How did it address certain challenges and concerns as well? Sure. So early on in our journey, when we started off in 2015, uh, we were growing very fast, you know, uh, organically as well and also through hustling uh, because our product, there is a product market fit, right? But, you know, early on in our journey, we used many different platforms, even Excel sheets as a lot of companies are probably using as well. And as we grew larger, we noticed that there is a rise in disconnected data silo that created fragmented views of the customers and prospects across different functions, uh, not only between sales and marketing, but also operations and finance, for example. So that's one problem that we had. And this also led to inefficiencies in lead generation, lead nurturing, following up with customers, onboarding itself, which I'll talk more about, Mm -hmm. and also customer management. And we are not able to essentially visualize the whole customer journey. And okay. without this data, we are, we are not able to then understand you know, what kind of insights are available for us to now adapt the sales and marketing strategies, for example. So, so we knew that we needed a CRM. For those who are not familiar with this term, a CRM is a customer relationship management system where the primary objective of a CRM is to improve customer relationships and drive business growth. And it stores all this customer info in one consolidated system. And we make it accessible to different stakeholders in the company with relevant permission levels. Uh, and we needed something not only easy, right, but also powerful enough to help us grow and scale with us as well. Now, when we work with HubSpot, yeah. we resolve these challenges using their CRM. But not only just a CRM, but they have a suite of sales and marketing automation mm-hmm. tools where we had designed a customer journey that's 90% automated and we are able to implement that in HubSpot itself. So then what happens is that the time that is freed up for administrative operational work is then being uh, used more strategically through more you know, 
to let's say uh, nurturing of of the clients or yeah. prioritizing the clients and understanding what they require instead of actually following up blindly. Yeah, yeah, you sort of uh, using your energy a little bit more wisely in that sense. Yeah, I I love the way you describe all of that, Terry. And and I'm curious right now if I'm a company, a business, I'm looking to adopt a, a CRM. Uh, what would your advice be? What should be some of the things that I need to consider? So yeah, there are a lot of CRMs out there, even Microsoft Excel, mm. and they all may look similar. They may sound similar, but firstly, a company needs to establish their business objectives, and then from there, reverse engineer to understand what needs to happen to meet those goals, right? So in our case, what we did was we designed a customer journey and we figured out which CRM is able to provide such functionality for us to actually implement this, right? And also to give you an idea, you know, how successful this has been, because we're able to automate 90% of the customer journey, you know, not only we increase marketing leads by 34 times, okay. we also managed to decrease our customer acquisition cost by 40%. Now we pump that money back uh, into actually driving more business growth. And on top of that, we use HubSpot to not only drive sales and marketing automation, but also onboarding automation. So while we were seeing huge growth, that was the first part of our implementation of HubSpot. Right. But we saw that this huge sales growth wasn't equating to revenue growth. And so we sort of figure out you know, what's going on here. And we understood that their onboarding usually takes about two weeks on average. And when we have large clients come in that is spread out across the country, you know, it takes longer, right? And what we understood was because of internal inefficiencies in communication. And what, what we did was we automated the onboarding journey in HubSpot and we cut down the onboarding time from two weeks to just 10 minutes. Oh. And that is something that a lot of companies don't pay attention to. And that actually is one of the secrets for our 500% revenue growth and our Series A that uh, is, successful fund. That is impressive. Yep. Uh, just a final question, Terry. What's next for Health Metrics in Singapore? Yeah, now that we are in three countries, we are now in Malaysia, Singapore and Indonesia as well. Um, we are seeing a lot of cross-border medical treatments. In Singapore, we call it medical tourism, right? We use the term international patients in health metrics. Okay. And so we are really focusing on developing our product towards you know, facilitating uh, this kind of cross-border treatments a lot more seamlessly. And we are already doing it right now. For example, we are transacting about one million uh, Singapore dollars in uh, medical treatments uh, from of patients from Indonesia to Singapore, and that is a huge, you know, uh, growth in itself. And uh, as we grow further, we are also seeing more interest from insurance companies seeking to use our solution to not only facilitate, you know, claims and also treatments, but also to uh, look at cost containment strategies, because as insurers, they are more cost conscious in yeah. terms of you know whether claims are excessive and so we're able to provide that and we have algorithm and artificial intelligence big into our system that they're able to look into those kind of strategies to us so those are really some of the key growth drivers for us in health metrics wow it certainly sounds like quite an interesting journey and one we'll continue to pay attention to i've been speaking with terry chan group vp of growth for health metrics terry appreciate your time take care and have a great week ahead thank you to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.